I must sucker for space travel. Oh, I know there are better ways humanity could spend its money, but I can't help myself. It's not so much the technology of moonshots that excites me. It's the drama, the romance, the imagination, the sheer ambition of reaching for the stars. And staring up at the sky on a cloudless night blows my mind. I know, of course, that each one of those twinkling points of light is actually a massive sun, sending its rays billions and billions of miles to reach my eyes, a journey that may have taken centuries. But looking up, I can't quite get my head around the fact that any two stars, which appear to me as neighbours, just a fraction away from each other in the night sky, might actually be just as astonishingly far from each other as they are from me. Suddenly, I get a tiny sense of the scale of the cosmos, not as a fixed dome marching above me in my little world down here, but as a three-dimensional space of almost infinite size, and one that's continuing to expand at vast speed, even as I look at it. And that's just too much for me to take in. The other question that fascinates me, like all rock fans who grew up listening to David Bowie in the 1970s, is the one about life on Mars. Viewing those astounding pictures from the Mars rover and its Ingenuity helicopter, I'm determined to live long enough to witness the day NASA brings back rock samples from the red planet for testing here on Earth. Tests that may determine if indeed there was once life there. I've a decade or two to wait yet. Reading around the subject though, I discovered an amazing fact the other day. There's a place on Mars named after a town in the Rhonda. I'll say that again, just in case you didn't catch it or you can't quite believe your years. There's a place on Mars named after a town in the Rhonda. The place I'm talking about is one of 277 Martian craters, which were named in the 1970s just after Bowie killed off Ziggy Stardust, by the International Astronomical Union. The IAU's mission is to promote astronomical research, education and development through global cooperation. It bears official responsibility on behalf of everyone on Earth for naming features on other planets. And in August 1976, meeting in Grenoble, the IAU's Working Group for Planetary System Nomenclature decided that a crater in the Tritonis Lacus region of Mars would be called Porth. That's right, Porth. And yes, it really is named after our Porth, the gateway to the Rhonda Valleys, the town where I went to school. You can see it listed there if you look up the transactions of the IAU. It appears between craters named after the towns of Phon in Thailand and Troika in Russia. Porth, it says. 
UK, brackets Wales. If you're thinking of visiting, it's probably on Google Maps nowadays, but to save you the trouble, go to Mars. It's located at 21.4 degrees north, 255.9 degrees west. And before you ask, Porth, the crater, is 9.3 kilometres across. That's about the distance from our Porth to Mardi. Back in 1976, four other towns in the United Kingdom got a crater named after them, but Porth was the only one in Wales. One of the distinguished astronomers from all over the world who served on the working group that named the craters was Tobias C. Owen. Toby Owen went on to become the author of popular and highly specialised books about the planets and their atmospheres, and he played a significant role with NASA in guiding its early missions to Mars. Toby Owen. He must have had Welsh ancestry, surely, and it makes me wonder if he played a crucial part in designating that crater after a town in the Rhondda. <laughs> It's an interesting choice of name, isn't it? Porth. In Welsh it's Erporth, the gate or gateway. Porth is a portal or a door, or in computer terminology, a device used to connect two different networks, a connection to the internet. And yes, sitting there where the Rondavaur meets the Rondavach, Porth is our gateway, the portal to the Ronda. It's a place of transition, a place you have to go through to get somewhere else. I think of the thousands and thousands, the millions of journeys Rhonda people have made through Porth over the years, some much more significant than others. In the coal rush of Victorian times, the gateway to the Rhonda welcomed tens of thousands of new residents, all eager to share in the wealth the mines were creating. And in the depression of the 1930s, Tens of thousands were passing through Porth in the opposite direction, leaving Heartbreak Valley, as it was called, leaving forever to seek work in Slough or Reading or some other distant town, having to sing their songs in a strange land. And the comings and goings go on to this very day, every working morning, every working evening, commuters negotiate the pinch point of Porth and families leave and newcomers arrive on a longer-term basis. Porth, of course, is more than just somewhere people pass through. It's home to 6,000 people and has a rich history of its own. One of its most fascinating stories, I've talked about it before in a previous episode of John on the Ronda, is that of Corona Pop. It was in Hannah Street that William Evans, the owner of the Thomas and Evans Grocery Empire, met an American with an outlandish past. He'd been run out of Galveston, Texas, at gunpoint, he claimed. This drifter shared with the Welsh shopkeeper the secret of making mineral water the likes of which your customers will never have tasted. And that was the genesis of the most successful brand ever to come out of the Ronda. By the 1940s, Corona 
was selling an astonishing 70 million bottles of pop a year. And it all began in Porth. Porth was a gateway in another sense for me, the sense that the dictionary defines as a way of achieving something. Hard work, they say, is the gateway to success. Porth was where I went to school, and I did work hard there. But Porth County was more than a gateway to academic achievement. As well as being a place where lifelong friendships were formed amongst my classmates, the school and its teachers opened doors for me to many things. Storytelling and history and the Welsh language, which have remained close to my heart ever since. In 1976, just as the Porth Crater was being named, NASA's Viking One lander was transmitting the first fuzzy images back to Earth from the Martian surface. It's tempting to wonder, now that the red planet is being mapped in so much more detail, whether distinct areas of the crater will get names of their own. Birch Grove and Britannia, perhaps. Glynvach, Llwynkelin, Mount Pleasant. And just beyond its edge, future Martian explorers might find their rovers trundling through Anisir or Trihavod, Cummer, Dinas or Triallo. Is there life on Mars? There certainly is in Porth, a new transport hub, and now that Valley's kids have taken over, William Evans' old pop factory, a vibrant centre for youth arts and creativity of all kinds. Let's hope we'll soon see a revival of Hannah Street, back to the glory days of Thomas and Evans, making the town once again a place with a name that's worth shouting to the ends of the earth and way beyond the confines of our small planet. Yes, why not? The lift-off of a stellar ambition. Porth, the gateway to the stars. Am I getting carried away? I'm John Geraint Roberts. I'll be back down to Earth next time in John on the Ronda. <laughs>